From the Diocese of Gallup, welcome to Crozier Cast. As always, I'm your host. Uh, I'm the Director of Communication, Suzanne Hammonds, and I'm not the host because with me is your host, Bishop James Wall of the Diocese of Gallup. Bishop Wall, how are you this morning? You're trying to grasp for that power. Yeah. You know, I've only had one cup of coffee. That's where Jacob's today. name comes from, which is where James' names come from. He who grasps. And so you would be she who grasps. I don't know what that means or how you would say that. Right. I've only had one cup of coffee. Today, there you go. So, That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, today we wanted to talk about um, someone very special to our diocese, um, and that is uh, St. Kateri Tekakwitha. Mm-hmm. And I believe we've talked about her before, but um, we always, as our podcast has kind of grown, we have new listeners. And so um, we wanted to dive a little bit into... Um, why she's important to us and why around this time of year we talk about her. So, Bishop Paul, who was, um, why, why this time of year do we talk about her? Well, she's very important to us because we have, in our diocese, we are the quote-unquote Native American diocese. That's why the Venerable Pius XII uh, founded us as the diocese, if not the first, one of the first dioceses he founded in 1939. And so that's, that's why she's very important to us because she's the first officially uh, declared Catholic saint was Native American in the church. You and I were at the canonization, which was a mm-hmm. really, really exciting time. And so that's why we talk about her. She's, not only is she this person throughout the church, but she's important to people in our diocese. And there are a number of people that have a great devotion to her, as I, as I have a great devotion to her as well. And so we talk about her this time of the year because her feast day is coming up in the United States. Um, we celebrate her feast day on the 14th of July which is a Sunday this year, so obviously the, the prayers and the readings and everything will be of the Sunday because you know, they don't, they, we don't uh, exchange them for other ones. But we're encouraging people to talk about her, include her in the homily, and to do some sort of celebration um, for St. Catherine and to, to help to foster that devotion. Um, kind of we talk about the cult of the saints to, to help to, to foster that devotion. To who she was, and as we we know, what is it make, that makes Saint Catherine so great? What makes her so great is her, her love for Christ and His Church. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned you have a great devotion to her, and it kind of was that something that grew out after you came to our diocese, or was it something that even in the Phoenix diocese she was important as well because they have a lot of Native Americans. Well, you know, I was born on the reservation. I was born on the Navajo reservation, and I grew up in the diocese of Phoenix. And then, then also um, became, I was ordained a, a deacon and then a priest for the Diocese of Phoenix and served there for about 11 years. And so that was, that was something I had a devotion to. And I, I think I, f- I fostered that devotion after I was ordained a priest. And so there's a great devotion for her down there. You, you meet a lot of girls, little girls and now older girls who, um, you know, the, the, the kind of the, I guess the anglicized way we say it is Kateri. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, but there's a lot with that name, St. Kateri, which, you know, really ultimately comes from Catherine. And um, so I, I had a devotion to her before. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see how that, you know, she's honored all over, even in Canada. Um, and probably. And her feast day is a different day in Canada. Is it? Mm-hmm. It is a different day. Um, it's the 17th of April. And I remember actually Phoenix will have their 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 Saint Kateri, uh Fiesta around that time, which is very smart, because you can imagine if you do something on July 14th in Phoenix when it's you know oh, yeah. it's like an oven, um, not too many people show up. Yeah. So Phoenix does theirs on the on the 17th, which is the day that she died. Actually, yeah. the day she died in 1680. 
When, when we went to Rome, like you mentioned, it was amazing because there were people from uh, tribes and dioceses all over the world. You know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was so cool to see all these different people all gathered in St. Peter's Square. We, we were all kind of packed in, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just really neat to see how her, she's not important just to our diocese, but to so many other dioceses. Yes, yes. And, and Pope Benedict XVI was the one that declared her a saint. And a little side note, at our ad limina visit, which is every five years, the bishops of a region go to Rome and you give an accounting of the work in your diocese. And when you meet with the Pope, and this is how Pope Benedict did it, he almost sets it up like a classroom because he was a teacher. And each bishop was able to talk about something. And what I was able to talk about, I was able to thank him on behalf of the people in the Diocese of Gallup and Native American Catholics throughout the, uh, throughout the country for the canonization, the upcoming canonization. And if you know Benedict, he loves saints and he loves to talk about the saints. So it really was, um, it was kind of a shameless softball that I, I tossed him. And we had a great conversation about his love for the saints, but especially St. Cattery. It was, it, was, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, that's really neat. Um, how someone with that kind of life from back then, you know, could her life could and, and legacy could reverberate all around the world. You yeah. know, so you have someone like the Pope talking about her. It's really neat. So, um, could you give us a little bit of a rundown of, of her life? Sure, maybe? sure. So, born in um, 1656, and uh, she was born um, to um, uh, a Christian mother. So, her Christian mother was Algonquin. That was her tribe. And then she was captured by uh, Iroquois. And eventually um, uh, married a man who was uh, Iroquois, and um, and I think I believe they had a son and a daughter. So there was a son, and then Saint Cattery, mm. and then unfortunately, when we hear the, the kind of the history of this, smallpox uh, struck their village, and so uh, Saint Cattery was scarred by it on her face, and it 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 it, it uh, impacted her sight. Which I understand that's where her name comes from. Her last name, Tekakwitha, means uh, she who either bumps into things or something like that. She, she has poor eyesight. And, um, but her mother and her father and her brother died. So at her early age, she experienced a great tragedy. And eventually she was taken in by her, um, her uncle. Her uncle who was, who was not a Catholic, not a Christian. And so really didn't help to foster um, her, her faith, her own faith. But he had promised her to marriage, which would have been the way that they would do things, promised her to marriage. And she refused that marriage, which is pretty bold if you think about it, at a young age, refusing the marriage of, and when the chief is telling you and that chief is your uncle. And so she said, you know, my only spouse is Christ. So even at a young age, she espoused herself to Christ, and I'm sure that was through discernment and through prayer that she understood that she was called to do that. And um, because of that, she wasn't treated very well within her tribe for the, from people who were non-Christian. They, they just really didn't understand that. And um, But there, I think, what it did was it helped to foster her, her faith, and she was able to really practice her faith. They talk about one of the virtues of St. Cattery is her kindness, the kindness that she showed to people, especially toward the the elders. That's very important in, in Native American communities. The, you know, to to be able to respect your elders, to be able to 
uh, serve your elders, the kindness that you showed toward, showed toward your elders. And so that was one of the things that, that uh, she, was, she was known for. Um, another thing, and I think this is really important to us here in the diocese because we're just getting going on this endeavor, was she had a great devotion for the rosary, to the rosary, you know, the intercessory prayer of Our Lady. And what she would do is she would go through the forest and she would walk through the forest and she would mark crosses on the trees. And that was one of the ways that she would, she would pray the rosary. So here in our diocese, and you know this, we are at our retreat center. We have a beautiful, beautiful area. And what we're going to do is we're going to do an, an outdoor rosary. And it's going to be our St. Kateri Tikakwitha rosary walk. Mm-hmm. We'll have all, um, we'll have all f- f- four mysteries, the luminous, the joyful, the sorrowful, and the glorious. We'll have all four mysteries. And um, we'll have it done in kind of Southwest Native American Santero art style. Mm. And it's all going to be uh, inspired by St. Kateri. And then our, our, our patroness of our diocese will have a prominent place too, and that being Our Lady of Guadalupe, because she first appeared to St. Juan Diego, who, like St. Kateri, was an indigenous person. Yeah. So she was, she was a faith-filled woman. There's stories about her uh, showing up at the church before the church would even open. And you can remember, this is in the Northeast, so the weather wasn't the best. And she would show up even before the church would open, uh, before the first Mass, and she would stay until after the last Mass because she wanted not only to receive our Lord, but to be close to our Lord too. So I think those are the two things. If you look at her in terms of her faith, I think the Rosary and the Eucharist. Great love for the Rosary, great love for the Eucharist. And, you know, the Rosary leads us to Christ in the Eucharist, we have a guaranteed encounter with Christ who's present to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity. So he's, he's substantially present to us. Hmm. Yeah, not, not a bad way to be devoted, rosary and Eucharist. Not at all, <laughs> not at all. Can't go wrong. Sure. And uh, in our own diocese we have, um, could you talk a little bit about, because um, I'm sure you've met a lot of the members of this, we have cattery circles. We do, we have cattery circles, which are tied in with the national uh, Tekawitha conference. And so cattery circles are generally um, are founded in Native American communities. And, and what they do is they help to foster a devotion to St. Cattery. They come together and help to foster a devotion to St. Cattery. And that helps them to grow in their, their Catholic faith. And First um, Corinthians 1, verse 11, St. Paul says, Be an imitator of me as I am of Christ. And so when we look at the saints, and we look at this, our special saint, um, St. Kateri, we would imitate her as she imitates Christ. And one of those virtues, I would say, is, is um, not only being a faithful woman, but being uh, kindness, especially kindness uh, toward others. And kindness is a, a mark or a sign of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so the, the scriptures let us know that. And one of the things I forgot to mention is kind of her nickname or how she's known, and she's referred to as the Lily of the Mohawk. So a lot of times when you see images of her, you'll see her with the cross, or you'll see her kneeling before the cross. Remember, she would mark those crosses on the trees, carve them into the trees. But you also will see her holding a lily. And then here in the southwest, some of the Santeros, which are the this New Mexico style of artwork, I think 
we had uh, Jerry Montoya on, who was a, a Santero. And um, it's the only Catholic indigenous art in the United States. You're going to hear me say that over and over <laughs> because we're pretty proud of it. But what you'll see here is um, an image, somehow an image of a turtle. And the reason for that, that shows the importance of who she was, she was part of the turtle clan. And so you'll see images of her. We have a beautiful image of her in our Chancery Chapel. And in that, uh, it was done by Charlie Carrillo, in that there's a, an image of the, uh, of the um, turtle. And then also image crosses too associated with her. Yeah, um, and maybe people don't realize, but a lot of times if you look at icons of any saints, there tend to be little symbols, sure, especially associated with them. Like your uh, patron Saint James has the shell, yeah. correct? Yeah, the pilgrim. And so Saint Catherine's is like you said, the turtle and the cross. Yeah, icons, images, or tablos, any of those things. They're what they really are is they're a window to heaven. Yeah. And because where are the saints? The saints are in heaven. And what are the saints doing for us? They're interceding us, they're inspiring us, and they're interceding for us, they're praying for us to our Lord. Um, you mentioned earlier that it'd be, it'd be neat for people to celebrate her, her day. Do you have any recommendations on ways to do that? Yeah, today's a, like I said, t this year's a funny year because this year it, 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 it lands on uh, a Sunday. And so you, you can't replace the prayers uh, with the exception of if you were in a parish that was named St. Cattery and permission of the local ordinary, the bishop, then you're able to treat it as a solemnity and, and able to replace the prayers and the readings on that day. So one of the things that I'd recommend is, um, especially on the Native American, so when we have fiestas here at, on the Pueblos and we have the, for their particular saint, um, we always do special things. We'll have processions of our special saint. So I think that's something that a, a parish can do. They can have a procession of uh, St. Cattery if you have a special image of her. And the other thing is we always gather around a meal. And so to have a, have a big meal um, in, in honor of her. And for, for some of our uh, Native American communities, we might have dances, the eagle dance or the butterfly dance or the elk dance or all sorts of different things like that. It would depend on the... The, the local community. So I think those are something that we can do as well. But you know what makes her so great, and this is the thing we always have to come back to, she was a Native American person who made, and what made her so great was her faith in Christ and his church. And she was a proud member of, of her Christian faith and her membership in the Catholic Church. Yeah. I, uh, going back to what you said, too, I don't think you have to tell people twice, have a, a feast. It's a feast day, so have a feast, you know. It's exactly, exactly. <laughs> have a have a nice big meal. Awesome. Okay, well, as we kind of uh, move to finish up here, is there anything that you, anything else you wanted to add? Well, you know, I would say the, the one thing I want to add when we, we think about or we look at the, the life of St. Cattery is that she, she endured a lot of hardship. And uh, toward the end of her life, and she died a very, at a very young age, 23, 24, at the end of her life, she was really able to practice her faith because she was in a Christian community toward the end of her life. But um, she shows us what discipleship looks like because Jesus says in Matthew 16, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow after me. And when we see images of St. Cattery, we see her carrying a cross. When we think about St. Cattery, you know, we think about the, the struggles, the pains, the difficulties that she, and the suffering she endured, losing her family at such a young age, um, you know, being forced into marriage, which she ultimately was not, she ultimately did not 
Mary and then being treated cruelly by people in her tribe who did not um, who did not understand her faith. So I, I think one of the things we can see with St. Catherine is that perseverance through suffering. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And the disciple, uh, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow after our Lord. St. Catherine did that in a beautiful way. Great. All right, and uh, everything that we've mentioned, we'll have a little link to her bio if you want to find out more, some of the images we have. Um, photos from when we went to Rome to her ordination. Um, all of that you can find in our show notes. And uh, we'll see you again next time. Thanks, Bishop Paul. Sounds great. Thanks. God bless. Mm-hmm.